pages around. Continue learning Tevis, Lilui Nishmas, Ahomans, Avram Chai ben Yosef Shimon, Zichon Livracha. This week, sponsored memory of Shira Tzivya Bas Avram, Zichon Livracha. And Lilui Nishmas, Rusa Hava Bas Yedidia, Bedvora, Zichon Livracha. And in memory of Sarah Reitza Bas Sion, Bas Avram Yaakov, and Leah Bas Shmuel Eliezer. Okay. Okay, Chaver, you have the pages. Whoever. I sent out a message last night. Let me know as soon as you can. If anyone didn't tell me yet, if you want me to order it, it's it is also available in English, but it won't help for this year. If you want it for your own library, you could order it. But for this year, it really has to be to get it in Hebrew. Whoever wants the Sefer Baruch Hashem, they're able to locate in the Machsan in uh, I don't know Yitzhar or Kfar Chabad, wherever it is, the Sefer. So, so let, let me know. No, no, you could, but if you want to raise your hand, you could raise your hand. But <laughs> send me, send me a message. Huh? Probably, probably. I think it's 40 shekel, right? I think it's 40 shekel. I think it's whatever you want. Okay, you'll send me a message. Kaka, we have, we have great, a great place to go to today with our learning. And I want to bring up a question that, uh, and less of a question, more of a weird observation, whereas that when there have been people here... In, in our in our beautiful country, that want to speak about a danger of a certain tzibur, they say, "Oh, him meshichim, him that's him meshichim. They're messianic." So, for, I'm, I was really trying to understand the pnimius of of that of that fear that people say, "Oh, they're no, they're dangerous. They're messianic." <coughs> there is a mindset that is that we. Coming back here has nothing to do with being messianic. On, on the contrary, talking messianic, meshichi, is actually like, you know, dangerous. And it, it, it goes against what we're trying to do here. So obviously, if this is a shir called tikkuna medina, we're trying to fix the medina itself. You know, to fix the, the vessel called the medina. We're going to understand today that that concept of our being here based on what we learned on Monday, that the whole energy of, of this, of Sphira, and the whole energy of our being here could be summed up in one word, Sipia, looking forward to, anticipating something, has to be redefined, it has to be cleared up a little bit, and we're going to get a lot of help today to understand how that's really the job of what we're doing here right now. The panemius of what we're doing here right now is looking forward to something. To what? So when we're going to look inside, who are the th- we have three Rebbes, we have three greats, we have three Tanoim to kind of, you know, drink from their fountain, to understand what their Kesher is to the month of Iyar, 
which is really what, it's, what their Kesher is, to what we're busy doing here in the first place. Why are we even bothering? Why are we even doing here? Ma'az ha'kol ha'balagan The last thing we learned on Monday was, I know it's very high level, but it's very important for us to just recap very, very quickly. We spoke about the avoda of Sviyat Omer. What are we busy doing Sviyat Omer? What are we doing every night of Sviyat Omer? Tikkun ha'midot, fixing the midot. Fixing our attributes, the attributes, the kochos and nefesh of the heart. How many are there? Seven. I'm glad you guys are paying attention. Seven. Right? Seven midot. Seven times seven, 49. What's the gematria of 49? Ah, it's Apparently not, yeah. <laughs> but we learned it on Monday. Lev tov. We're trying to establish a lev tov. We began touching upon how the Atri Rebbe begins to, in, in the Tanya, to explain to us what, that what we're busy doing in this world is the refinement of our midot, of all the different attributes of the heart, and that everything works in harmony and in unison. In a world of tohu, in a world of total chaos, whatever you're feeling is the king of the jungle. And lo ma, lo ma kore. This is what I'm feeling right now, this is what must be. Yeah. You, you, you told us, this, you, you gave over the sound of the drink. Oh, the, right. And I was wondering, how did you know that that's the sound? Is it? What was the sound? It was, you said when energy's flowing. Right, right. Or, or whatever the trickle, yeah. Someone said to me yesterday, when you hear someone, man, is chewing and eating at a Sudas mitzvah, and every bite is also that same sound of how everything is. <laughs> I don't know if that, that's for everybody. <laughs> but this is, this is what we were speaking about, is this yun, is this yun, the harmony, the izun, of all the kochot nefesh working together, which is the hefech of rash, and definitely, here it's been 75 years of rash. It's been rash. <laughs> we call rash gadol. It's been rash, right? Rash gadol. Not rash katan. Rash gadol. Such a small people in such a small parcel of land making so much noise. It's unbelievable. The, the ideal state of being, living in my life, is that I could say, when I go to sleep at night, it wasn't so loud in here today. Right? Up here. I don't know the last time anyone has ever felt that. It wasn't so loud in here. It's usually, it's megaphones, it's a discotheque in here all day long up here. All day long. So, that's, what we, that's how we ended last, last year, saying if we have to realize, if we have to work on what the fixing of, of doing here is, Tikkun Amidas of the Lev, of the seven kochos of the nefesh of the le- that, ha- that come, emanate through the heart, have to find a way and a balance that they work properly. And not just that they work properly, they mashlim each other. They fill each other. Everyone's working together. The example of the two different midot that we learned last time, how they work together, does anyone remember which ones they were? Avanira. Brother, sharp like a... Right? <laughs> this is like, you know, Mamash Ahava and Yir'ah, and how they work together, but we can do that with all the other Midot, how they work together in unison. This is, you know, in Kabbalah is not just learning deep secrets, it's, it's Avodah Sanefesh, it's really working with the soul, and paying attention, and noticing my emotions, noticing what triggers my emotions, noticing what I'm putting into my mind that then triggers the emotion. You see, an emotion... Like the feeling, what is it based on? I'm not going to get to, I have Reb Chaim Shlomo in the room, Dr. Wachowski. I don't want to get too deep into this right now, because I'm, I'm a burva, I'm an aritz, but when something is felt, where does it stem from? What's the shortage of that feeling? A thought. A thought. I have a thought about something, which then triggers the feeling about it. So therefore, if I'm going to try to work on my feelings... Where do I really? Where should I go to? The shorish of it, the seichel of it, right? The seichel of it. It was the Tanya the other day. Was, uh, the Tanya Yomi. The mind controls the heart. Moach Very good. So, so we, we're feeling a lot of things here. We're feeling this place is just one big pool of emotions of feelings. The question is, what is it based on? What's the shorish of all these emotions and feelings that are going on here? So now let's go back 
into the text. We're on Daf Chavav, where it says, Chodesh Iyar Ushloshet Atanaim. Are there enough pages? I made extra copies today. Does everyone have? Does anyone need? Everyone has? Okay. Oh, please pass up to, to the front. Okay. Betorat HaKabalah, Anu Lomedim, Shetikun Hamidot, Talui Betikun HaSecher. It's exactly what we said right now. We're talking about Midos and everything. It's really dependent first on Secher. Ve'af betikun sharshea nefesh, but there's a, it's something that's even deeper than Secher, which is the roots of the soul, ha'amukim sheme'ala Secher. There's something even higher than Secher. What's that? Shoresh ha'nefesh. Root, the, the root of our souls. How does someone gain access to the root of, of their soul? Like, what could you really work with in this world? Like, consciously. Seichel and Lev. He's saying there's another dimension. What's something that's deeper than Seichel and Lev? Shoresh HaNefesh. That's why, what is the whole union of Hasidim and a Rebbe? You believe that your Rebbe sees your Shoresh HaNefesh. He, could, he is connected to the root of your soul. And therefore, really, the, my, my favorite translation for a, a Rebbe in English is Soul Master. He's your soul master. Stomet, his whole Indian, your hit kashrut, sometimes, like, I'm sure you felt this. You're going around, you're seeing different tzaddikim, and everyone's kulam kedoshim, everyone's holy, and your friend next to you is like, wow, isn't this fire? Look at him, look at him, it's unbelievable. He's, right? And you're sitting there and you're saying, there's some, maybe there's something wrong with me because I'm not feeling it. It's not that you're not feeling it. It's, it's not, sorry, it's not that there's something wrong with you. It's that you're not feeling that this person in front, this tzaddik in front of you, is Mamish, your soul master, that he's talking to your shoresh neshama. Soul master? Soul master means... Something throws me off about that term. Uh, I'll, I'll try to get... Because you, you, you hang out with too many Christians, I think. I don't know. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. A master. Like, Hashem is the only master. Maybe he's like... Can read you more. I don't know. So. Yeah, but Hashem's you're, you're, not sitting here able to help you with a word to, to, to fix something that you can feel. Well, wait, wait, wait. Oh. pause. I'm taking out the word, the, the master, the way that you understand it. He's not a master over your soul. He, the, only the, only the Rebbonah Shleim is a master over your soul. What does it mean, a soul master? It means that he masters the art of connecting you to your own soul. That's what I meant. He masters the art to connect you to your own neshama. Not that he masters the art to connect you to his own neshama. The real tzaddikim could care less if, if you are into them or not. The real tzaddikim really, really care that you taste your own neshama. That you taste your own soul. So a soul master in this context is someone that provides you with everything you need to be in touch with the dreams of Hashem when he had of thinking of creating you. Mm-hmm. How's that? Is that, 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 that? That's clear. Good. It's good you brought it up. The master is the brief. It means that he has reached a level. No. Lavdil, yeah. Right, right, right. Nachon? Nachon. A level of mastery over something. Mastery. Level of mastery over something. This koyach, this, this... So, I mean, I'm sure it's happened to you before, no? That you, someone says to you, listen, we got to go to this tzaddik, and you go there... I mean, it happened to me. I tried four times, three or four times with a certain tzaddik that everyone was, everyone was talking about. And every time I left, I, I, I hated what I was feeling because I felt that I was being, a, I was being full of din, like, full of judgment. And, um, judgment huh? On him and on all the, all the flock around there. And then I started feeling bad about myself. Maybe, I'm just, maybe I just don't get it. Then I remembered, like, what a beautiful thing that and the fact that you don't feel that this is your Shoresh Neshama doesn't say anything good or bad about you or anyone there. It just means it's not your channel. And that's okay. Take the good from it and go weiter. Ellie, you, you, you know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, well, Manrach explained very nicely, uh, as well as, as you explained nicely, but in a different way. He said the Kudus Aleid is the point. They touch the Kudus Aleid and they ignite a flame that lights you up. Right, the late to you. No, but what I meant before is what I'm saying, I'm sure you also went Rebbe hopping at certain points yeah, in your life. Of course, yeah, of course. Of all, as many as I could in Yushalayim. Definitely had that experience. 100%. Um, 
for example, I just say, just being in a Dalai I felt like I'd experienced the highest of the high. Right. Being in his presence. And after many years, I had that feeling, it's like this light. And then it moves on. And it doesn't say, and, and it moves on. And it doesn't mean anything bad about you or about Khalila the Tzaddik. It just means, with you. That's that's an important that's an important nikkuda. And they're able to see that movement, that change, because they have no nikkia. They have no nikkia. They don't like I said before. They their inyan is not to make sure you are connected to me. They're not. They're, there's no me by them. There's no yesh. They're completely nullified. Sometimes I, when I'm by Rav Ginsburg, you'll see people that haven't been there for like twenty years. Then someone that's hanging out for a few months. It and the, but the Torah flow keeps on coming. It's not sure. It's not dependent on who's there or who isn't there. Something larger than life, but those that are like very adamant on oh, where we're you know kilo, <coughs> you know when you could sense that like it's really about being there, zikzat kashen. The shorish of the, but the, that's all moach and live. Then there's something deeper. There are tzaddikim, there are rebbeis. They're like root rebbeis. They're shayach lekol am yisrael. That's like rebbe is rashi tevus rosh bnei yisrael. Right? Rabbi Nachman brings this teaching down. There are tzaddikim that are, it's not about like a certain chavra, they're rosh b'nei Yisrael. And in the month of Iyar, we have something very deep to connect to that's higher than Lev and higher than Seichel, and that's the Shorish Neshamas. So he's going he's gonna to take us, take us on a little journey. Again, B'Torat HaKabalah, Anu Lemedim, Shetikun Amidot Talui B'Tikun HaSeichel, Ve'af B'Tikun Shorshei HaNefesh HaAmukim SheMe'al HaSeichel. The tree goes after the root. And there's a, if there's a blemish on any of the branches, What is this teaching us? That there's a problem with the way that the branch, the leaves, are suckling its energy from the root. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with the branch. It means the manner in which they're receiving life from the root is blemished. Eretz Yisrael is the Shorish. The tree, hopefully, in a fixed world, could be the Medina. If there is a Bgam in the Medina, many people get confused and they'll say, it means Eretz Yisrael doesn't want us. Stay in Chutzlaretz. Go back to Chutzlaretz. No. It means that the way in which I'm receiving sustenance from the Shoresh, which is the land, the way I'm receiving the Chiyus is off. And the big distinction between the two. Hamidot mitorerot mitochma shememale et hakarat adam. My midot, again, the seichel. Sorry, the, the, the emotions, those attributes, they get awakened based on what fills my consciousness. From the most subconscious thoughts that enter into my mind, things I'm aware of, but mainly things that I'm not aware of, that are constantly <coughs> going into my mind, which are then giving birth to midot, to emotions. Meaning like this. If I ask you right now, what are you feeling? And then you stop for a second, and you said... Okay, I'm feeling this. Now let me trace let, let me let me trace it. What triggered this feeling? I would start to think about the things that I'm aware of that are going into my mind and saying, I'm feeling what I'm feeling because this thought. But you realize that what you're feeling has much more to do with all the things you're not even aware that are going that are going in and out of your mind. All the subconscious stuff that are mamish going in and out all the time. Subconscious is tatmuda. Tatmuda. Tat muda, bidyuk. Muda, al muda means conscious. Tat muda means subconscious, not, not, not conscious. I don't like not conscious. Subconscious is better. Like, not conscious means kilo, en kol ve It's not so much. It means, uh, it's my fault. I was saying subconscious. It's more uh, uh, un subconscious. Subconscious is okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Subconscious, yeah, non conscious. Okay. But the things that I, all the awareness that does fill my mind, So again, there's thoughts that go into me, the whole 
picture of it, they go into me, and they activate and awaken a certain emotion that keeps on getting, I draw from that first, from the thoughts that I have in me. Again, when the emotions are, are not working good, and they're not providing what, what we really need, you have to go to the root of it. And the root is not necessarily just the thought, it's even something that's higher than the thought, the subconscious world that we're going to be speaking about for a little bit. But, and we're going to revisit throughout the Sefer. But I want you to keep in mind what we're trying to do here is all point a picture to fixing the vessel called Medinat Yisrael. And that's hard to remember because we're going to we keep going so deep, <coughs> so deep, but it's all Al-Menat to fix this Medina. Because it's in such a dire need of spirit. Like I, like, I, like I said in the beginning of Shir, if we live in a reality where there's a large number of people that when they hear, hear the word Meshichiim, Messianic, it actually scares them. That means the way that we're speaking and portraying this concept of being Messianic is blemished. We're so quick to say, ah, they're so anti, they're so anti-religious, they're so anti-pnimious, no, it means that the way that you're portraying and giving over the concept of being a Yehudi Meshichi <coughs> is blemished. Well, why, why is that? Because if it was really real and clean and clear, when you would give over such a concept to another Jew who shares your root soul, <laughs> it wouldn't feel threatening. It would feel <coughs> the most warm and inviting. You understand? The tumah of the world in which we live, let's take the concept of being messianic and turn it from Ani Mami Mimuna Shleim Via Mashiach to uh, you're an extremist with crazy ideas. So, the same way the world has, has traced up to be a Tzioni. You're still speaking about external things. How about saying the tumor of the world has also caused me to react that has also caused me to portray myself in a way that doesn't allow them to see the beauty of it. To not be able to express it in a manner that I know that their Shoyesh Nishamas are waiting to hear about it. Mm-hmm. See, it's they're both right, meaning what you're saying it's true, Nachon. But if I'm going to keep on saying the tumor caused them to be anti, you know, Besora Tova or then I just remain that they're out of the machna. They're like out of the park. They're out of the thing. The avodas anefesh means that I see what's wrong in the world. And even if I say that it's the tumah of the world, whatever that means, that, that has caused such a bilbul, if it doesn't lead me to a tikkun anefesh, to avodas anefesh, then why would I know about it? That's the Baal Shem only reason I know about a certain thing that's blemished or a tumah that seems to be so removed from me is only because it has something to do with me and what I'm supposed to be doing here in this world. And the more that I notice these things but keep on putting the blame on that, nothing gets fixed. It just means I'm more and more segregated. Tifrosh. Tifrosh, yeah, really. When I was in university, um, I studied a utopian movements in sociology and it was interesting, not one time did it come up anything to do with Judaism. It was every other Christian or cult, utopia movement. And it's just like, well, I always wondered, like, how did we not have a Roshan, like, in, in that world, an influence of, the, of our understanding? How did it not come up? It did not come up. I don't understand how we've not, like, done the work, even with Chabad and everybody else. It just hasn't been featured in, in the academic... Interesting that now, Rav Ginsburg's whole mahalach for the last 10 years has been that the revolution that needs to happen now is teaching Torah to Goyim. He's saying that's the last shla- that he's been talking about. Everyone that says, Rav Ginsburg, this right-wing fanatic extremist, and that's what I thought for years. And then I've been spending so much time with him. I'm like, this is the most left-wing, peaceful, hippie Rav I ever, you know... You know, everything he's speaking about is about teaching Torah to non-Jews. Like, and, and then he, and I'll say it, this is the fourth revolution. He has these four revolutions. And the fourth one, he keeps on speaking about, it's about addressing what you just brought up. There's something in the air that... I, mean, I had to come to Israel and find it myself. I wasn't going to find it within 
what was available at that time in the 90s, you know? But thank God you were able to find something because many people that are really, really big hearts and open-minded and are looking for soul talk come to Eretz Yisrael and they don't find it. They find a lot of people saying what's treif and what's puzzle, but no one's speaking to them about how to fix the, how to how to how to fix the blemish of the anika of the of the receiving of life where where it gets cut. And now, and I mean, obviously, what Rav Ginsburg is saying is based on the Rebbe and, uh, and the Rebbe's whole approach to Sheva Mitzvahs Bnei Noach of consciousness to the whole world. But these are things that the you know for sure Dati Lumi Tzioni world. These are things you know we never discussed. And I always say, we didn't have a chance to really discuss them, because these are the things you have to discuss with Yishuv Adas. And we've been fighting off Yishmael for, for many years that are trying to kill us. So it's not fully this Hevra's fault. But now we're, now, now we're here, and now we're learning Pneumius and Hanefesh, and hopefully now we're, we're understanding a little bit more how we're in this mess and what it's going to take to get out of this mess. I hope. Okay. Near eh, bottom paragraph. It seems like this. The key to the fixing of the roots of all these midas is also found in the spiritual context of the month of Iyar. There are three Tanaim that are connected to this month, connecting to their personalities and what they did in this world, will help us understand how to do the Avodah of Tikkun Aliv. Rabbi Akiva, that's clearly how we know that, right? Rabbi Akiva's shaykhahs to the month of Iyar. <laughs> you know how many Leviahs Rabbi Akiva went to every day in the month of Iyar? Mm-hmm. You think we're going through a lot of Leviahs? What was the number we gave once? It was like 63? A thousand a day? A thousand a day? 24,000. Well, 24,000 exactly. students. But I'm saying a day he was going, it depends how you learn out the Gemara, where, it's, where they, they try to decipher when it says me Pesach Adat Akiva. Some say it really was to like Omer, some say it was to the day before Shavu. It's, it's hard to know exactly. But the Cheshbon I think I once saw was that he was going to 63 Leviahs a day. Something crazy like that. 24,000 students What I'm saying is that this is a person that's connected to the inner pain and depth and beauty and tikkun of the month of Iyar. Who else? Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, obviously. And Rabbi Meir. Which Rabbi Meir is this? Rabbi Meir Balanes. Why? When's his yard site? Pesach Sheni. So he's also, these three Tanaim are, are inherently connected to what the, what, what the root spiritual work is during this month of Iyar. And we're going to go, we're going to look into them deeply. Shloshet Tanaim alalu hayud muyot meshichiyot. Say what you want to say about them. These are three messianic figures. Dmuyot Meshichiot. Dmuyot Meshichiot. All three of them. Tsipiot. There's a connotation when you say that, that you're saying messianic figures is when people thought that they were Mashiach. He's, he's going to explain. He's going to, he's going to address this. He's going to explain it. Or if they thought that they were Mashiach. He's going to, he's going to go into or this. Or that they were just expecting in, into the... Let's see how he, how he develops it. Throughout their lives, they actively tried to bring Mashiach now in their life. You can't say that about I mean, a lot of people. It's a, it's a general thing. I'm hoping I'm doing mitzvahs. And, but by then, it was like an activated thing saying, I'm actually really working on this now, to do this now. And from their heritage from their, what, their, what they left for us, and from what they did, they're giving us guidance, and we're, we're, we're drawing Koach to be directed in this mission, because that's what we're here to do in this world. Next page. Let's start with, I mean, he's going to, with all three of them, but then he'll go to Reb Shimon. Page Chavzayim. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Meir, Vechavdal el elef talmida varishonim shal Rabbi Akiva, so Reb Shimon dies in this month. Reb Meir dies in this month. And the 24,000 students, the first students of Rabbi Akiva, all die in this month. What, what's the whole union of something when someone dies? You would say it's the hefech. It's not life, what their life was all about. In Pneumius, it's exactly the opposite. 
חז"ל מלמדים שביום פטירתו של תלמיד חכם מגיעה עבודת חייו ותכונתו הרוחנית לשיאה. חז"ל תיצ'ס, that in a person's life, in a day of a passing of a tzaddik, what they reach, the height of their avoda in this world, reaches a peak. Their spiritual content of what they gave into the world reaches a sea. It gets to the highest place possible. ואז היא מתגלה, and then it reveals itself, והשפעתה מתפשטת בין כל מי שרוצה להידבק באותו צדיק. When they're in this world, when they're alive in this world, they're very much confined. Why? Because they're appearing in the form of a body, a physical. And therefore, you can go to a tzaddik, and because they're in the physical realm of this world, you can get confused and blinded by things that are physically blocking from what the tzaddik is really all about. For instance, there was one tzaddik that I went to, that the smell in the base medrash, I'm not kidding, the smell itself bothered me so much that it was hard for me to hear anything I could hear what he was saying, but it was, it brought such judgment in me, these chassidim live like schlumpers, like schlumpers, and all these different things, but that's, these are, and also, not just the smell, the, the, ambience. yeah, the ambience is just, sometimes they're just, it's so grotesque, it's, so, it's not things that, 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 that are easy to digest, for, for us that grew up in a little bit of a different understanding of a menschlichkeit atmosphere. Huh? Well, for us, it's yeah. Nish B'Kovid, but, but for, what I'm trying to say is that by the Tzaddik, there's no, this Indian isn't, 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 isn't the, the Indian's not there. These are things that aren't necessarily, they're not, they're not activated. This doesn't bother them because they're not there, right? Yeah. But when they're in this... Uh, yeah. I really want to add this for help, maybe understanding of how deep this kind of thing goes. Growing up in, in super Yeke, Switzerland, and after the war, during the war, you had many refugees of Eastern Jews right. who were absolutely ostracized. With that, with that kind of reaction, look how they look. Look yeah. how they walk, and it had a, a value of truth to it that I know I grew up with. It. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate that my grandfather had his closest cover was a Palisher, Rav Tzivitsky, who was later my my Rebbe, mm-hmm. and he was Taka Polisher. <laughs> to me, he was always Mouth a shining yeah. example, yeah. but the environment. Yeah. They have their own steeple, they right. have their own chavis. Right. So it's very easy to make this happen. Very easy. Yeah. And it happens all the time. Yeah. It, it's called Olam Hazeh. It's called this world. But the day the tzaddik leaves the confines of Olam Hazeh, like it's, it's just available and it shines brighter mm-hmm. Than it ever did in their lifetime. That that's how we understand it. The greatest description of this is how it's described, how Reb Shimon Bar Yochai's Petira is described in the Zohar, which we learned <coughs> a few years ago, late at night, Lagba Emer night. We did a, we did the whole piece of his of his histalkus of how he left the world and the light, the fire and the light that was shining at the moment that he left this world. But we also see it last week in the parasha. We see by Yaakov Avinu. We talk about, you know, everyone talks about Yechi Yaakov. It's because for Yaakov Avinu also, this, this moment of death was, for him, this was like, oh, removed from the confines of this world. So we have a lot of moments of being removed from the confines of this world in this month of Iyar, where the light of tzaddikim shine brighter than it normally does during the year due to their yardsite, to their ptira. Okay, it's also why by the tzaddikim. What do, what do we call yard sites? Hilulas, right? Hilula. What's a hilula? It's a chupa. It's a celebration. It's the reunification. It's, it's it's the simcha atzuma. Everyone wants. Why are you so simcha? This is the day of a de- death. It's the death in in the context of olam azeh. It's the day of a reunification of a chupa in the world of emes, not in this world of sheker. 
Go back inside. When the fourth line in the first paragraph, and then Yorzeit's meaning a reenactment of this happens again every single year. It's not just the day of the actual death, but this light that we're speaking about that becomes available to all happens again every single year on the day of the Ptira, of the Hilula. Where what we speak of, what we spoke about that takes place when it's like leaves the world happens again, to a certain extent, on a deeper level, every single year following. Now, we'll just start with this. We're not going to finish this, but this is important for us to understand who we're dealing with. Rabbi Shimon, what's the first thing you think of when you, when you hear the name Rabbi Shimon? You're too deep. You're too deep. What's the first thing you hear when you hear the name Rabbi Shimon? Here. Very good. Shimon. I was uh, <laughs> bringing it down a notch. Or... Right? Rabbi Shimon. Shmo shel Rabbi Shimon kashur lechush ha-shmiyah. What's the first... Now it's not a, not a chokhmah. And the first thing you think, you hear... What's the first thing you see when you hear when you see the name Rabbi Meir? Shmo shel Rabbi Meir kashur le-or. Ulefichach lechush ha-reiyah ha-poel be-emtsa'ut ha-or. So it's connected to the sense of sight. So we have... Because that, that you see through light. So we see with these two tzaddikim, Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Meir, we're speaking about chush ha-shmi'ah ve-chush And everyone always says that the problem we have in this country is that af chad lo roe otcha ve-af chad lo shomea otcha. Lo roe otcha mimeter. Oi, oi, oi. Even the slang here is like yonek from, from the achoraim of, of some kind of, uh, you know, pekam in the anaf. It's an, it's an amazing thing here. He brings here, he says, he says that hearing and seeing are parables to the two most basic functions in Koch of the mind, which are Chochma and Bina, the first two. But really, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Shimon are very much connected and aligned with these two Kochot of the, of, um, the first two of the Seichel, which is Chochma and Bina. Chazal me'irim shal b'meir nikra kach al shum she'eir enei chachamim ba'alacha. Why is Rameir called Rameir? Because Chazal say he enlightened, he'ir enei chachamim ba'alacha. He gave light to chachamim to know how to paskin, to know what the right halacha is. What do we say about Rameir when it comes to halacha in the Gemara? Huh? He's too high. It's, it's, he just gives the light. He, he directs us to... Huh? Or, he just gives us the light to know how to get to where we need to get to. Right? The Sefer HaYesot Kabbalah. I'm not going to get into that right now. It's a whole shia beyond itself. But that he connects us to what? He connects us to the, to the sphere of Bina. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, which is the next shlav after the Chochmah, okay? My favorite pshat understanding of Chochmah and Bina is Rav Steinzaltz's. Rav Steinzaltz, I remember I learned this with, with, uh, with, with, with Shalom, Olav Shalom, Rav Shalom brought, that he explains that, you know, the difference between Chochmah and Bina, Chochmah, he says, is lightning. There's a lightning bolt. Like, there's, it's like, a, whoa, something happened. Bina is understanding that that's, like, that that's a lightning bolt, what do I do with it? Das is knowing what to do with that lightning bolt that you, that you experienced. So, without getting too involved in the depths of this right now, it would almost be like Rabbi Meir is the one that's Meir, right? Like lightning. Meir, right? He just gives light. Rabbi Shimon's like, what is this, what is this light? Like, what, is it, what does it mean to us in this world? So, but then we have Rabbi Akiva. Shmosha Rabbi Akiva nigzar milashon ekev. Rabbi Akiva comes to the lashon of heel. Ha'ekev hu amnam achelik anamuch biyoter b'shiur komat adam. The heel is the lowest place, right in the in the image of a man. Ach shorsho, but its root barevadim ha'gvohim biyoter shalishiut is in the highest realms of personality. 
Baal Muda Shebesfirat HaKeter. Okay, I know it's a lot of Kabbalah here right now. I'm going to try to say this last thing very, very Pashut. But I'm not going to do it justice at all, trust me. Every Sfira has the conscious and the subconscious elements to which I can connect to. We already said before, what makes us feel what we feel? Thoughts. Which ones? Conscious or subconscious? Both. Both. What's higher? Conscious thought or a subconscious thought? Subconscious thought. What's the highest sphere? Keter. He said over here that Rabbi Akiva, the Akev, the heel, even though it's the lowest, it says, notes sofan betchilasan betchilasan besofan. The end of something that contains a body of Kedusha is na'utz, is really, because it holds it all up, is must be receiving direct energy and force from the highest element of it. That means the akev, the heel, which is holding up the body, is really connected in the deeper realms of, 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 of existence to the sphera of keter, to the al-muda sheba keter, to the subconscious world of keter. I, I'm just explaining it. You're not supposed to understand any of this. But we're just speaking about, this is the highest level, but it's an, it's an important, but it's, this is a very important thing. Sometimes you look at the person that looks like he's the schlepper, looks like he's the schlepper, that looks like he's, it's the lowest, but really sometimes that lowest person is like the Akev, he's carrying the whole thing, and he's suffering, and he's taking on the burden of everything, and he has the koyach to do it, because he's operating from a place of understanding the preciousness of Am Yisrael. Ekev being the smallest, right? The, the, the bottom feeder. Not in regards to that, but in regards to the mitzvot. Don't forget about the ek, ekev mitzvot. Right? Right. You have to... Like Rashi says, mitzvot kalot sh'adam dash ba'akevav. Those things that, you know, you don't treat so, so important. But in a nutshell over here, what he's saying to us over here is that ekev, you may think it's, you know, it's ekev, it's the lowest thing in the afuch. The Ekev is kashur to the sphere of Keter, to the Al-Mudah, to the... The Al-Mudah should be a meaning something so beyond this world. That's Rabbi Akiva is connected to, and we're going to see how he's connected to all this. Yaakov Avinu, as the final of the three, was the only one that had the Soma. Mitas Bidiuk, Bidiuk. Also That's why he said it, yeah. That's why he said that word, Nachon. Et Ikvot... Now, what do we call... Our time that we're in, Ikvisa de Meshicha. Rabbi Akiva is very connected over here to what's going on. Which this time that we're in right now is called Ikvisa de Meshicha, meaning you could look at the time that we're in right now. You could look at the world that we're living in. You could forget, forget the world. You look at Am Yisrael right now, and you see that such a large tzibur within Am Yisrael gets threatened and freaked out. <clears throat> Literally, they really are freaked out when you speak about Meshicha. And it looks like they're the Ekev Sheba Ekev. It looks like they're the lowest of the low. It's because no one has explained to them yet that really they are also part of a much bigger picture. No one's shown them a map of their souls. No one's explained to them what the Pneumius of the Torah is really all about. But they've been told over and over again, your Shreif, your Tameh, you must be get, get rid of. And the Torah Pneumius and Nefesh is here to show us that if I'm first going into my Tikkun of my Lev, before I point out to them what's wrong with them, meaning, I, get, I receive a tremendous benefit to my own existence in this world, because I'm going inward instead of outward, and they are too. Because then they'll be hearing from me in a different way. I'll be representing the Word of God in such a deeper way, in such a stronger way, in such a less shallow way. A lot of them were raised on these songs, the old school Israeli songs that Mashiach is never coming. Like, I, I, I was raised on those songs too, by my Israeli teacher. Yeah. Mashiach Gamlomit Alfen, that's the song. 
Yeah. I know, listen, well, I, a number of I know, I know, but, that, but that's a great example. There's a famous Israeli artist. His name is Shalom Chanoch. He's still alive. He's up there. He's like one of the, he was like the Bob Dylan of Eretz Yisrael. He was the biggest here in the 70s. And he has a song called Mashiach Loba. Mashiach Galum you know, But you know what it's based on? They had a buddy named Mashiach, well, like probably a Gabucharian. It's a Gabucharian. I have, I have a friend named Mashiach. I had a roommate named Mashiach. A plumber named Mashiach. A plumber named Mashiach. Huh? Hakimian, right. So Mashiach Lobas, because I think he was, kill, he was actually killed in a motorcycle accident, and it's just describing that Mashiach, Mashiach's not coming. He's not coming home. He's, also, he's not even calling to, to tell us where he is. And it, somehow that song became like an anthem for people that are like, oh, he understands us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really what we're feeling. Mashiach, loba. Mash- no, it, there was a guy named Mashiach that was but killed in a motorcycle accident. No, I know, I know, I know. But I'm saying, like, look at what, look at what's tofes. So it, let's go back over here. Just this one paragraph. Et ikvot, ikvot, akevot mesichiyuto, Rabbi Akiva's messianic footsteps, Anu Motsim Ba'achat Bina Deot Ba'asher Vesibat Motam Shel Talmidav. One of the reasons that we find explaining why his students were killed, or died, Hatoenet Shem Hishtatfu Bemerit Bar Kochva Neged Ashilton Aromi. One of the opinions is they all joined the Bar Kochva revolt, that they were voting against the, the, the Romans. And Rabbi Akiva, we know, and this is so much has been written about this. Tamach bebar kochva. What did he believe? He believed that he had the kochva to be the Mashiach. To be the Mashiach. Not about himself. He believed that bar kochva had the kochva to be the Mashiach. Rabbi Akiva tamach bebar kochva ve'emin shu'a Mashiach. Hu kara alav et ha-pasuk darach kochav mi-Yaakov. The whole, the whole Yishiyot. He thought he believed that Bar Kochva was meant to be the Mashiach. Not that he was the Mashiach, because Mashiach has to lead Galot, but that he was destined to be the Mashiach. That he had it. He had the package. Is there a chance that maybe he was? In every generation, but but it didn't end up happening. And we see that he helped him, he helped him with his platform. And so one of the reasons we understand is that these students, one of them says that they basically were involved in a revolt and either they got killed or that they spiritually got contaminated by involving themselves too much in there. And he says here something amazing. He says, Rabbi Akiva's famous statement maybe came because of the death of his students, that they didn't give cover to, to each other. Amar Rabbi Akiva, Amar Rabbi Akiva, Ve'ahavta l'leyacha kamalcha. Ze'klal gadol b'Torah. That's Rabbi Akiva's thing, Ze'klal gadol b'Torah. Rikuz ha-Torah kula, centralizing kol ha-Torah kula into this mitzvah, Nose ruach meshichit gamho. It carries within it a messianic spirit. is a very Mashiach dika type of drush. Why? Because why was the Besamidrash destroyed? Because the opposite of Ve'aftalei Yerucha Kamocha. Ve'rebi Akiva bidvarav mechavenet kiyum ha-Torah ve'amitvus kulan למטרת תיקונו של עניין זה בעניין בייס המקדש. רבי עקיבא, יש מכוון, the keeping and the existence of the mitzvah, all the mitzvahs in the Torah, for one matara specific, which is a fixing of the churban בייס המקדש. Well, what's a fixing of churban בייס המקדש? To bring to a binyan בייס המקדש, which brings to ימוס המשיח. So Rav Ginsburg is showing us how Rabbi, bless you, Rabbi Akiva's whole mindset, both in the person that he was tomech, that he was supporting, because he saw Mashiach credentials there, he saw Mashiach credibility, supported them, and also the whole Indian of saying, Amar Rabbi Akiva, Vavta Zeklal Gadol B'Torah, is messianically driven, is Mashiach driven. Uh, maybe misunderstand, maybe not the only one. The sequence seems to imply that the Talmudim were nifter during that time because they overly attached to this very lofty goal of Rabbi Akiva. Why? 
Because it, if you just read the, the Pshad, it, the, the Talmudim believed, it followed Rabbi Akiva, and Rabbi Akiva's way was so that we should be able to reestablish the, the, the Binyan Bay Shlishi, bring the Geula, and somehow they died because of that. They were consumed by that. I thought that so, it could be. I thought he was teaching that after they died. <clears throat> no, but he's going to the previous, I think you're going to the previous paragraph. Yes. Yeah, it could, it could be. Ah, the students died because they were in the merit. That's what because they're in the merit that uh, over something that wasn't didn't end up being nachon. Or did they join the merit and forget? I, again, I'm I'm not sure what he's. Sorry, Ion. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Either nachon. That's an interesting meaning. Did they disattach themselves from like derech and they just said they all but they became just fully you know military mindset and they forgot the Torah, or did were they killed? while they were doing what they were doing, but the Gemara tells us actually what, how they died. There's a machla called Askara. Uh, Askara, where it was a horrible, horrible death with basically choking, you, you choke to death. Um, so let's say that he's not saying that they were killed, but some, some maybe, maybe he's saying that their involvement so much um, took them astray from giving cover to each other because they got some military mindset. And therefore, they stopped having covered for each other. So he's showing here that the drive towards pushing Mashiach in its root is good, but it led them to a bad chuna on the way. I mean, maybe that's what he means. Yeah. Could maybe be. That's what it seems. To, yeah, what yeah, it's a very good deal, what you're saying. Which only means to show us. Sorry, you, but, no, but, but this is like a, there's a big nafkamina here. There's a big na- very easily. You could go astray by being a Mashiachist, by being so, so, 100%, it's great what you're saying. How do you know? I always ask Chabad next. And it's it's a hard question to hear. It's a hard question to hear. But when Mashiach comes and it may not be the Rebbe, will you be, will will you mekabel it? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. When we learn... It's very hard to see it any other way. On the outside, it's easy for us to say these things. But inside, it's very difficult. When there's a drive for the Mashiach, is it about that it has to be who you think it needs to be? Or is it more important for you that it just is? So it actually is easy to go astray with these things. And this became almost a cult of our cult. It seems like that's what he's alluding to over here. Yeah. So it's a good, we're here to learn, you know, look at the energies. This is what they were driving towards and to figure out in a better way. Yeah. Okay, we'll continue here, Be'ez HaShem, on Monday, okay? Can we also help answer Right, this is one of the opinions that can help us understand that this is what led them to have less cover for each other because maybe they saw one guy wasn't holding the pistol as good as the other guy. And then it becomes all a gvura dika, right? It's interesting. Right. Thank you so much. Thank you.